Hi, I'm Roxanne, and I've been reporting everything Real Housewives and Bravo TV for the past 15 years, and now with my cousin Chantel. Hey, Roxanne. We're breaking down episodes and sharing exclusive content with your favorite and not-so-favorite Bravo TV stars. Listen to All About TRH wherever you get your podcasts. Said I'm all about it. Yeah, I'm all about it. Said I'm all about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Said I'm all about it. Yeah, I'm all about it. Said I'm all about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Hot Messy Podcast. I am your host, Jason, and yes, Adam is not here today, but I have someone very special to join in on this very fun conversation we're going to have about the royal family and everything brewing at this moment. Harry just released his memoir, Spare, which just came out today in the United States, and we have a lot to talk about. So before we get started, make sure you're following us everywhere you get your shows, Apple, Spotify, and if you're watching here live on YouTube, make sure you hit that like button. It helps us out so much. Well, as I said, we're here to talk about the royal family, Harry, Meghan, William, Kate, the whole crew. Now, I wanted to start at the beginning because I have been a fan of Harry and Meghan for a very long time. And I'm talking about when they first got together it was exciting. I'm talking about when they were getting married and they formed this union. I was like, holy shit. Here is this girl who is an actress, a divorcee. She's biracial, joining this royal family. And her and Harry and Kate and William are going to change the royal family forever. That didn't go as planned. That didn't happen. That probably will never happen. So I started to think, and the question that I really want to push on everyone today is, is Harry a reliable narrator to be telling the story? Because I've found some things that made me question things. And I want to start back at the Oprah interview because Harry and Meghan did the Oprah interview. And after the Oprah interview, I was left with a lot of confusion. There were a lot of accusations that were unanswered. And I wanted to know more. However, they said that was their final word. They are not going to talk about the royal family ever again. They're off of press. They're not going to talk to any reporters, no, no anyone, no news networks, nothing. So then comes the Harry and Meghan documentary on Netflix, which wasn't exactly what I was expecting. But in my opinion, they came off as likable, relatable, fun. But again, lots of accusations and questions. So I don't know what, what to think. Now comes the 60 Minutes interview with Harry. He sat down with Anderson Cooper just a few nights ago. And this interview left me with more understanding of who Harry is, what he's going through. Obviously, this is someone who is very hurt. This is someone who craves his family's attention, his family's love, and his family's validation. At the same time, this is someone who I don't think got to grieve the passing of his mother, and maybe even his grandfather and grandmother. Part of me, though, in listening to this interview, there was some hypocrisy, and I started to question, is Harry playing the media game to get back at his family? That's what we're going to discuss today. And I'm so excited, because we haven't done a live in a very long time, to welcome Natalie to the show to join us on this discussion. And guys, if you want to call in, you're more than welcome. I'll be dropping the call-in link shortly after we get started. Hi, Natalie. Hi, Jason. It's been a long... It's been a minute. It's been so <laughs> long. I am so curious to have this conversation, only because we have so much to break down. And I know that this is such a polarizing topic, right? If you're in the UK, it seems that people are team royal family. If you're mm -hmm. over here in the United States, everyone is team Harry and Meghan. And it's just like, do there need to be teams? And what the hell is going on, you know? But how are you? I'm good. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. I'm really honestly happy that we're doing this. This is something that we've been friends for a while. And mm -hmm. we used to, even from the very beginning, before Megxit, you and I would be texting each other and saying, did you hear this? And did you read this? And what do you think about that? So we've been invested in this in a while. And I'm excited that we're here right now. 
doing it. And I also love your podcast. You guys are. Oh, thank you. We love doing it. It's, it's so, I feel more relaxed here. You know what I mean? Like I can tell just like talk, you know, we're having a conversation and I'm so curious to see what the comments will be like today, because as I said, this is pretty polarizing. And when you and I were talking about Megxit and we were talking about the Oprah interview and everything else that kind of, you know, transpired in that time, we had a lot of opinions, but at the same time, it's like, who do you listen to at this point? Do you listen to the British press, the Royal family, Harry and Meghan? Is anybody reliable at this point? Good, good question. I mean, no one's reliable. I mean, it's it's a mess. It's chaos. But and I remember that back then when we were talk- before around the Megxit time, because you would get very different information from the US than we did over here. Yes. Interesting part because I remember I was always like, you know, I don't think I like Megan because I'm not big- obviously because I'm psychic as well and I read energy, so I never. The beginning, I loved her. I agree with you. Like in the beginning, when they announced that we're getting engaged, I was so excited. I was like, finally, we're getting, you know. Um, the Bachelor Prince gets a bride. Yes, absolutely. And she's she's stunning. And I was just, she's American. She's an actor. And I just thought, really, honestly, I also thought that they were going to modernize the royal fact. Modernize, though, you know, let's not put terms on it because it's very hard to take an institution that's been around for so many years and it's a staple in the British culture, right? Um, and modernize it or change it. That that I I feel that's a step-by-step process. This is gonna take many, many years to get there. Right. But the funny thing is how like you were so you were very pro and there is no there are no teams i agree with you let's not be team this or team that right but right so pro the couple you really loved harry and megan together and i remember how enthusiastic and excited you were and here we are now 2 years later <laughs> <laughs> we've got you know, a list of things to talk about a list and you know i want to talk about the most recent thing And that is the 60 Minutes interview with uh, Harry and Anderson Cooper. He conducted the interview. He did a fantastic job. I felt like he asked the right questions. I think he rebuttaled when he needed to and kind of Mm -hmm. stepped in and be like, wait, hold on. You know, are you sure about that? He was good. It was it was good. But it was crazy to see how vulnerable, um, vulnerable, but I want to say slightly robotic that Prince Harry was during that interview um, vulnerable in the sense of like, I, I feel like he has a lot to say and he has a lot more to say. And I don't know if the book or the interview or, or anything will help him say that. And I'm pretty sure that conversation will be saved for a private conversation with his family if that ever happens. But in this interview, a lot of things came up and I want to talk about the very first thing. Oh, Okay. So I'm going to quote this here. So Anderson Cooper asked him, um, he said, there's a quote in your book and it said, his alarming baldness, and this is Prince Harry speaking of Prince William, his alarming baldness, more advanced than my own, his famous resemblance to mummy, which was fading with time and age. Anderson Cooper says, that's pretty cutting. Prince Harry says, I don't see that as cutting at all. You know, my brother and I love each other. There has been a lot of pain between us. And then he goes on to say that none of anything he's included in this memoir is intended to hurt his family. And now I want to go back to that and say his alarming baldness, more advanced than my own, his famous resemblance to mummy, which was fading with time and age. Sibling rivalry much? I mean, oh. can I just jump in and say another? I don't know if you saw, did you see the other interview, which was aired on Sunday, the one on ITV with Tom Bradbury? Did you see that one? I or- did not. And I was just talking to one of my friends in the UK about okay. this. And mm-hmm. she's like, I'm curious to know the differences in the interviews and what was kind of said. I'll tell you the difference. Said, yes. So Tom Bradbury interview Harry was so combative and they are best friends. They've been best friends for 20 years. And if you remember in Africa and South Africa, he's the one who interviewed Megan when Megan said, but did anyone ask me if I'm okay? 
Remember that? That was yes. Tom Bradbury. That was the same okay. journalist. So he is a good close friend of Harry's. But major differences between the two interviews, this is according to my own opinion. Um, Tom Bradbury, the one in the UK, Harry was very combative. He was very, he was somewhat aggressive as well. You could tell that he he would throw daggers towards Tom Bradbury. And you could tell Tom Bradbury was sort of tippy, tippy-toeing around the questions. Now, when we go to the Anderson Cooper one, Anderson Cooper one, uh, the Anderson, Anderson Cooper really handled it well, in my opinion. But you saw Harry was much more relaxed in that interview than he was the UK. So mm. I feel that he went into that biased, the one with Tom Bradbury, whereas the because he's trying to bring, no, he's trying. They're building a brand in the US, basically. They don't care about the UK. They made that clear. They don't care about the UK. So they're building a brand in the US, and it's so interesting to see the differences. But what did you think of the interview overall? I thought, you know, a lot of things that, that, that Harry had said caught me off guard, especially some of the quotes from the book that I just read, but also mm-hmm. how he also describes uh, in the upcoming memoir that he has a lot of sibling rival- rivalry with with William. And when they were at school as kids, William told Harry, you know, pretend we don't know each other. Like you're non-existent to me. Now I can remember being a kid and my brother at school and me telling him the same thing. You know, this is what kids do. And I, I know that this is an age thing, but again, this is someone who I don't think, in my opinion, had the time to grieve. And grief is mm-hmm. a, a weird thing. You know, when my dad passed, it took me five years to get over. You know, it can take a lifetime. I mean, grief never really goes away. So I don't know if he really had the opportunity to to go through those emotions. And then, of course, mm-hmm. bouncing around to nightclubs and participating in some of those extracurricular um, activities and and substances doesn't help either go through that grief, of course, as we all know. But another thing um, that came up in the interview is that he was hoping for a, a conversation that could happen with the royal family, a conversation that he could have in private. And Anderson Cooper asked him, well, why would the royal family trust you to have a conversation if you're just going to go run and talk to the press? which is a very fair question. This is after Harry had said, my family only communicates through the press. This is how they understand and communicate. Then he goes on to blame the British press for how Meghan was feeling, rightfully so. They, they took her for a spin. But I'm like, wait, which is it? What's, what's happening here? Shouldn't this conversation just happen? Because now he's saying the ball is in their court. The family needs to react or the family needs to do something. But Harry just received an invitation to uh, King Charles' coronation. And the invitation, when you send an invitation, usually the ball is in the other person's court, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I ju- I'm just left with like, what, what is going on? What is going on here? Like... I, d- I don't know. I mean, there is obviously years of resentment there from Harry. And yes, um, that's the British monarchy. That's the aristocracy. They don't, you know, they don't talk about emotions, about feelings. They they are a bit more cold or a bit more distant. But that's that's how they are. And you know what? I don't understand. And I do agree with you. I do think that in some way, and having read part of the book, I feel that Harry, I feel bad for him because I do feel that he, as you said, he hasn't had the chance to mourn for his mom. He's still living in that denial a little bit. Right. But I have to say one thing, though. Um, Harry was the one who had the better life, the better childhood than William, because William being the heir, he had to be a lot more cautious as to how much he partied, who he partied with if he did drugs or not, um, who he dated. You know, Harry did not have that pressure. You know, uh, William was a lot more polished. Everything was a lot more polished for him because he is going to be the future king. But Harry doesn't have that. So I don't understand Harry in that respect. I mean, why are you whining and why are you whinging? 
right now because you were partying, you had girls, you did your drugs, you traveled all over the world, you had whatever you needed, and you didn't have the pressure of being the heir. Okay, fine, you were the spare. Really bad t- terminology, but it's really goes bad terminology back. coming what from his own father. That from terminology, own, it, right? No, no, no. That term, terminology has been around since, um, if I'm not mistaken, Prince uh, King Edward. So it's um, because I don't remember very, very well right now the story, but I feel that it had to do because of King Edward's sibling who died when he was younger. And anyways, they put up that's how the whole spare thing uh, was created. I don't, I don't want to butcher the whole story, but it, it goes back a hundred, 150 years. So it's not a terminology that King Charles came up with <laughs> to address his second, second born son. <laughs> not okay, Diana. Thank you so much for my error. Thank you for the spare. And now I need to go to the third wheel, Camilla. <laughs> I mean, like, that's just kind of the way it looks, right? It's like, thank you so much. We, this is under control. Um, I, you know, I, I, the thing is here, and this is what I have a, a problem with and what, what I can't really dissect. Like when I research things on both sides, because here in American culture and American media, right? When mm-hmm. you see something, you automatically click and believe it. Not a lot of Americans will sit here mm. and like, okay, we're going to go research things. We're going to go find out what was really said or maybe yeah. something came from a different... You know, we're so Kardashianized with our social media <laughs> and shit like that. <laughs> like That's just us. And we always want to be on the side of the victim, right? Like we always want to protect and we always want to mm-hmm. um, empathize and sympathize with, you know, Harry and Meghan, of course, right now. But... There are things in my research and things I was looking back at and questions that I had. And my main question is, like I said at the beginning, is Harry a reliable narrator? Because there are three sides to every story. Of course, the royal family, Prince Harry's, and of course, the truth, right? What actually happened. Um, But I was looking back at some things that Harry had said before, especially in the Oprah interview. because. Everyone loved to dissect what was said, okay? Harry and Meghan said this. That didn't actually happen. Or this was whatever. One of those things was the last time she saw her sister, Samantha. And she said 18 years ago or something. I guess it was like between 13 and 15. Honest mistake, right? So there are certain things like that. But then you have Harry who has even just the smallest tales to tell a big picture. You know, Mm -hmm. Harry had said he was so happy to be in California where he can, him and Archie can hop on a bike. He's never ridden a bike before and he's never been on the back of his, a bike with his dad and, and he can go on those bike rides and have those experiences. And I'm thinking like, is there something you forgot about in your Mm -hmm. childhood, you know, during this process of grieving and losing family? But that is one of the things he said and that was some some research I was doing and, and what people were saying, going through threads on Reddit and Twitter, the never-ending rabbit hole of crap, True. you know? And I was like, okay, why would he say that? Like, that's so weird. And the other thing that got me too is, is the whole Megan not knowing anything about the royal family, not knowing how to curtsy, which I find so ridiculous when she curtsied on Suits, the famous TV no. show she was on. Not just that. Sorry for interrupting, Jason. He yeah. said that Fergie was the one who taught her how to curtsy just before she was going to meet the queen in the car, remember? Like, they were in the car. And then in the book, Harry says that he was the one who showed Meghan how to curtsy to King Charles just before... Now, is there a different way of... Maybe there's a different way that we're not accustomed to or knowing of how to curtsy just to the monarch? No, or is just, it all the same, right? It's, it's all the same. I mean, it's just one curtsy. And the thing that gets me here about Megan is I I find Megan to be a very, very worldly, very smart, very talented person. So sometimes when I was listening, I went back to the Oprah interview because that's where it all started, right? Mm-hmm. And then I dissected that. Then I watched the Harry and Megan documentary. I was like, okay, this is this is better. This is great. They're getting there. I just still don't know what they're saying. <laughs> 
And so Megan, you know, she had the famous blog, The Tig. That was her mm-hmm. thing. She was a blogger. She was a great blogger. I found it's very hard to find some of the posts and some of the blogs that she wrote, but you can find them if you dig you deep enough. You can find them, yeah. And they were great reads. I'm telling you, like she is very, very smart. And this does not equal up to things that she said before, but she did write... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she actually covered William Kate's wedding on her blog. Yeah, and um, she didn't know anything um, about Harry. I mean, nothing. She didn't know who's Harry. That's crazy. This random, good-looking redhead. Um, is he kind? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing is here. Is she so there's a there's a quote from one of her her posts about uh, Harry or sorry uh, William and Kate's wedding, and she said, "Quote little girls." Dream of being princesses. I, for one, was all about Shira, the princess of power. And Shira was, of course, if anyone, I don't know if we're this in the same age range or if you know who Shira is, the princess of, of power, He Man's twin sister. Like I was a big <laughs> Shira fan, I can tell you. Hell yeah. <laughs> she raised she- my profile profile pic on Netflix. You know, oh, there you go. There you go. So that's and one thing I- we have in common. This is where she's relatable and fun because I'm like, that's so cute. That's great. At the same time, she was covering the royals, which she claims to know nothing about. She also interviewed a Libyan princess. And I thought that was interesting. So I'm like, you know, you're, you're again, you're very worldly. You know what you're writing about because your, your blog was so good. And now it's just like all of a sudden we're where did your brains go? Like what happened? Like now you don't know how to curtsy. Now you don't know anything about London, the Royal family, the UK or anything else. And it just had me thinking, I'm like, what the hell is going on? And then when they told Oprah, you know, we had to take this Netflix deal. We had to take this Spotify deal, 100 million, $100 million, because, you know, we didn't have any money leaving the Royal family. But Princess Diana left Prince Harry 6.5 million pounds, which was invested correctly. So when he was 30, he got 10 million pounds. 10 million pounds is what? I want to say $13 million, something like that here in the States. And And it just left me, I'm like, Mm -hmm. we're talking about not having money. What are we going to do? How do we pay for security during a pandemic? And now you're not so relatable. And I think that a lot of these things and these misconceptions and maybe these misguided words that they used and things that they did say, they felt like they needed to come back in the Netflix documentary and like, hold on, we didn't do that right. We didn't do that right. So let's try to change the way that we told the story. Now, the feelings, I believe, are the same. I'm not going to tell anyone how they feel. I'm not saying Megan felt a certain way because I'm sure it's extremely intimidating walking into the royal family where there are ways of doing things for mm. hundreds of or hundreds of thousands. What the hell am I talking about? For centuries, you know. Uh, I just don't know. It just seems crazy. Well, it seems crazy. I wanted to say two things. Harry is entitled to the rest of his inheritance when he turns 42 years. Okay. The rest of what he gets from the Spencer fund, from his mom's fund, fund, he's getting in two years. The other thing is, I um what I feel what infuriates people, especially in the UK, is that this and this came out in the Netflix documentary, is that they had planned this from the very beginning. They weren't planning to be working royals and go on tours and be patrons for the patronages. They had this plan of, you know, as soon as we get popular or, you know, we want to create a, as soon as we start creating this brand, the Sussex Royal brand, then we're out. And this is what infuriates people because people, especially in the UK, is because everyone sees them as hypocrites. Because you like, you leaked, you leaked, um, I mean, yes, the royal family definitely leaks things. That's how they work. They don't uh, yeah, come out and right. give press conferences. <laughs> they leak things to their And the before, before we go any further, too, listen, the royal family has its own demons, okay? And I'm not saying yeah. they're perfect. I'm just going by because I, I want to root for Harry and Meghan. Mm-hmm. I want to mm-hmm. champion them. 
I want to be like, you guys are fucking killing it. This is amazing. But they leave me with these puzzles. They leave me with changes. Okay, one really quick, really quick. Let's talk about the Oprah interview again, really quick. I know this is old news, guys. Oprah interview, whatever. Um, it is old news. But, you know, here, first of all, you said this was the final word. This is the last we're going to talk about the royal family. Obviously, that's not happening. Obviously. But in this interview, they alluded alluded to some of the royal family was racist by some of the statements, by some of the things that they had said, um, especially when talking about what their baby would look like, what Archie would look like. Now, there are conversations in families that you have like, okay, you know, I have a big nose. Adam doesn't. I mean, that's not a good comparison. Say I was married to a woman. Um, I have a big nose. You have blonde hair. I wonder what the kid's going to look like. I'm sure there was talk about like, okay, what is my kid going to look like? What features will he have? What color? I mean, what kind of skin? Olive skin? I don't know. Do you think that was a big deal, A? And B, now they're claiming, Harry, just recently, let me bring this up because this is actually from um, a recent article. Harry is denying that the royal family is racist. It was unconscious bias. Whatever that so, means. So unconscious bias. And he, if you read through this, uh, this is from the interview and his book. This is also page six, guys. So, um, you know, but he said, no, uh, the British press said that, right? Megan mm -hmm. never, ever mentioned they're racists. But the interview alluded to someone in the royal family had made racist remarks. And why the backtracking now? That's my only thing. It's like, why are we changing the narrative yet again? Just like when Harry said these things about, <laughs> this, is what, this is what got me, this, this small sentence of talking about Harry, uh, William and his baldness that is advancing more with age, talking about he resembled his mom till a certain age but I love him. Then why the jabs? Why, why the uncertainty in what you're saying? Why not just tell us what you're trying to say? Cause I think they were just, I don't know why, to be honest, it felt to me cause I went back and looked some clips of the Oprah interview and it seems that when she said that about the baby, the comment about the color of the baby, um, that she let that slip because you can see her afterwards being uncomfortable. She sort of re repositions herself. She's looking at Oprah. She's trying to get like, it's like giving Oprah a cue, like help me out here. I just said something that I shouldn't have. That's what I feel happened. Mm -hmm. I don't, I, I really feel that she, maybe she, maybe it's true. Maybe we don't know, but now they're backpedaling. So we don't know. Um, and I think that she wasn't meant to come out and say it at that point, but she did. So, and now that's why they're trying to, to sort of do damage. Smooth control. it over uh, in a sense. Right. And I think that's maybe not what they meant to say. I just think that was yeah. the big, you know, it was the big clickbait to the Oprah interview. Right. It's right. Like, things will be revealed and you right. will understand the, the problem with the royal family. We understand the problems with the royal family. They have many problems. They are not innocent. I'm not They're saying that. I'm putting them aside and I'm asking everyone to, and you can guys comment in the live chat. I love reading your comments now. And you can comment if you're watching the replay. And we love you all for listening on the podcast as well. But I just want to ask Harry, is Harry a reliable narrator with everything he has been through? And he's been through a lot. I was just hoping that. I don't know what I was hoping for, actually. And, and what I'm hoping for, I guess, is some kind of conclusion. I think that we're never going to get one because this is how we carry on the story. This is how we carry on, you know, their brand, talking about the royal family. The fight really keeps everything alive, right? There's no peaceful conclusion in sight, it seems like. But that's kind of what we want to see. How do you reconcile this? I don't know how you reconcile that, but I feel like Harry's forgotten where he comes from. And I don't mean the royal family. I mean, what kind of what culture, what country he comes from, because British humor, especially in those circles. OK, 
they it's very much sharp and naughty and and yes they will they will have their dirty jokes and they do have a more dry sense of humor mm. as an american i.e. megan i understand if she doesn't get that she doesn't get the banter she doesn't get the humor i get it but harry he's born into this he's british he should know that even if that comment was said, let's presume now we're presuming that it wasn't said. Okay. Because he backpedaled and he took it back. He acted as if no one, this is a strong accusation by the way. And it's, you know, it's something at that time and something where where everyone is, is still dealing with understanding. Like, you know, we had the BLM movement, um, which Mm -hmm. is still very much in effect and people recognizing things that they weren't comfortable with. And I think that's great, but were you using that to affect the interview, to bring attention to the interview? If you're backtracking now, why would you backtrack from that? And another thing, too, is that he mentioned with Anderson Cooper, uh, Harry said, Megan and I are willing to do whatever. We're willing to apologize if we did something wrong. We're willing to have a conversation. And I'm thinking, but you're doing this interview and you're putting out this memoir where you're calling your brother bald and... You know, a lot of other things are in the memoir. I'm not just saying that. It just threw me off track a little bit. Now you have me questioning you. You're calling your brother this, these these things. and and That and threw you off track? Didn't the fact that he said that he went to William's wedding, when he was at William's wedding, his penis was frostbitten? What? <laughs> Where did I not... Do, no, I, I swear that? we get different information here. I swear we do because I'm talking to my friends and, and some of my family in the UK as well. And it's funny how, in, like I said, in America, we're getting that one side of the story and we really want to root for, for Megan and we want to root for Megan and Harry together. Got that. In the UK, it's looked at differently. Even if there was something that was wrong, they want some kind of conclusion. But now they're looking at Harry as a traitor because you're just leaving us and the royal family, as awful as they are, I'm going to repeat that again, okay? The royal family is not perfect. I'm just questioning Harry as a reliable narrator, okay? But when they see him as, okay, the royal family represents, is the face of the UK, right? Just the, the face, like the face of the government, the, the face of the money, whatever. You're leaving that. You're leaving us. I feel like they feel like they're betrayed in a sense I when you talk to them over there. I personally think, and I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of flack for it, but it's fine. It's my own personal opinion and I'm entitled to it, people. So, I mean, what can I say? My personal opinion is that I feel that the whole racist thing was an excuse for them to say, People are treating Megan. Everyone's racist against Megan. You know the 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 royal family, the royal reporters, people on Twitter, whoever, whatever. And so we're out. You know, you're not protecting mm. us. You're just left us alone to fend for ourselves. So we might as well leave. And I personally think, but and the reason why I think that because until they come and show us receipts of who was racist and what exactly was said by whom and why we need to know where i feel assuming, like we need to know right we need to know so i that's why they keep harping on to harping on or sort of like grabbing this racist card or the race card and that's what i have an issue with mm. because because why that because you know that racism and talking about race and the way people talk can create a lot of drama and discord among people. Absolutely. You could, they could have chosen anything, any old excuse. You know, they could say, we want our kids to be raised American in California under the sun because we, want, we like going surfing every day and drinking, you know, skinny lattes, whatever it is. Come out and say it, you know, but this is my issue because from what we've seen so far, Netflix, Oprah, books, finding freedom, um, uh, interviews that Megan's done, the cut, the, the magazine, the cut magazine, everything they say, they keep contradicting themselves and they keep twirling around the race card. I wonder my if, issue. if if there was kind of some reconciliation spoken about and that maybe 
the royal family said something, we need to backtrack on this if we're ever going to get somewhere. Do you see that as a possibility? Or is that probably they wouldn't say that? I don't know anymore. Like, I just think, what else is there? You know, and I... And I see the chat, guys. I can see you. And Ali says you're seeing it from a white person perspective. I I 100% agree. I'm a yeah, white no. person. I haven't had that experience ever. You know, uh, I've never. I've had it in a different way, differently. But n- by all means, I cannot compare uh, myself. But I do see it not as a white person, but as someone who is intuitive who's been following the royal family since I was little. Um, I've been, you know, my grandmother loved the queen, was very much, you know, we had, um, my mom was also, my grandmother also was friends with the, uh, the, the queen of Greece, okay, who is related to Prince Philip. So I've heard a lot of stories at home, and this is what I'm just telling you guys, according to what I know, my experiences, and this is my opinion, by all means, though, I'm not demeaning anyone's experience, but I'm just saying, Megan doesn't exactly look black, right? She's always identified herself as Caucasian. She said that in multiple interviews, even before Suits. It was in her IMDb as well that it says Caucasian. So suddenly you, she's always dated and she was married to white people. So, and suddenly she, she, you know, she's been welcomed to the the Royal family and now race is an issue. Mm. And so things are not making sense. So I would love for them to make it make sense, but not, not from, not through these controlled interviews that they do. Because now, what I want to say is, when you identify okay. as what you know one thing or another, you know, mm-hmm. um, for acting, I know that a lot of the agents and 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 stuff that handle her or managers mm-hmm. and stuff like that, they usually put that down. But then hearing her say that in interviews, that made me question a little bit. I'm like, okay, I understand what you're saying, you know, because at first I was like, well, that's her agent and manager are probably putting Caucasian because it's going to be easier to get her in the room. It's going to be easier to be seen for this role because unfortunately we have a problem with that here in America, you know, mm-hmm. but at the same time, when she says that it, it kind of backtracks on, on everything else that's being said. So I understand what you're saying. Right. I, I want to bring this up too, because there are a lot of things that I think are being made a big deal that maybe not necessarily are a bigger deal. Maybe And you guys, let me know what you think in the live chat. And guys, thanks again for listening here on Hot Missy Podcast. I love doing these lives. They're fun because we can have a discussion. Um, so I'm going to bring this Hi, up about sharing text messages. So Prince Harry reveals oh, yeah. Megan and Fiery. Here we go. Is that fiery, fury text? I don't even know. I can't even read today. That caused a tearful <laughs> feud. A tearful feud. Then you go look at the text. <laughs> it's like, hey, Charlotte's dress is too big. It's too long, too baggy. Okay. Um, she cried when she put it on. And this is Kate texting Megan. All right. Megan texts back. She goes, right. And I told you the tailor has been standing by since 8 a.m. here at Kensington Palace. Can you take Charlotte to have it altered as the other moms are doing? Um, is this a big deal? Did this cause such a fiery exchange? Apparently. Is, is apparently demanding that the, the dresses were, were supposed to be remade. And I'm thinking this can't be that big of a deal. Like, it no. just, uh, I mean, at the same time, I think she was dealing with a lot of the shit that her father was causing. You know, he, yeah. it was, it was mm-hmm. right before the wedding, mm-hmm. four days before the wedding, in fact. And he was causing a whole bunch of drama. And I, I just think also Kate is busy. Like everyone is busy in that that family like they, they was, had no time she, she was like, four weeks postpartum when when that happened so she was oh i was, didn't know that yeah so she was she had just given birth to uh louis and um so understandably so i don't understand the spat either side i don't i think it's petty <laughs> obviously <laughs> obviously there is i could show you my history. text messages with adam when we don't get along <laughs> You would think we had some fiery texts going back and forth, okay? Let me tell you. Um, 
Ali, this is all a distraction. Yeah, here's another unanswered question, right? With Prince Andrew. Okay, this is all yeah. a distraction from Andrew having friendships with a sex trafficker. trafficker. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, uh, it would beat a lot. And then, hold on. Someone brought up a really good uh, question in the live chat. Um, let me see if I can find it. And if I can't, I will move on. I w- but... Oh, okay, because there's another thing that, that came out. I'm going to share my screen one more time here. Uh, that Camilla, it doesn't look good when she is having luncheons with Piers Morgan. And of mm-hmm. course, here in the States, we're hearing Piers Morgan. Like, Camilla and Piers Morgan had a luncheon. Why is she going with Piers Morgan? Um, which is crazy. So, this is from the mirror. But apparently, December 17th, 16th probably, Camilla joins... Harry and Meghan's biggest critic, Pierce Morgan, at exclusive lunch. They failed to mention that other people were there, like Dame Judi Dench, Dame, Ma- Dame Maggie Smith, right. other Clark. of the UK's most influential names. I mean, Jeremy Clarkson should be really, that's the one you should be really concerned about, not Pierce Morgan. Yeah. Didn't he, wasn't he the one who wrote the article about Meghan? Oh, that was so bad. That was so bad. That he hates her he so compared, much he can't sleep? He compared her to Game of Thrones. So, I mean, like, um, okay. But, why are they taking it personally? Camilla's doing her job. And yeah, people are going to start saying, but they don't have jobs. They do but have is jobs. But this, is this putting it into Harry's favor when he's painting Camilla as kind of a villain in his new memoir from the, the quotes that have been put out there? Yeah. I'm, I still just got mine. It's only the day it came out. So I can't wait to dive into it. But um, is, is she not doing any favors for herself by literally having people who write horrible things about her stepson is that not does not not look good it doesn't look good but it's not that in my opinion i'm not siding with the royal family because i'm not (laughs) there but how i see it is that they have to do their pr they need these people the royal family as megan and harry need their own team. They've got Tyler Perry and Oprah and and Gail King on their court, you know, who do a lot of promo for them and invite them for interviews. And they do. So the Royal family too, they have to, you know, life goes on, life goes on. And at the end of the day, Harry, um, and at the end of the day, um, this was before the book came out. What can I say? What can I say? I'm not, (laughs) I think either side or either camp can do nothing right because you're either going to have the team royal family who are going to attack the team Sussex and then you have the team Sussexes attacking. So it's just a mess. They all need to cool down, take a break, take Take some space. Let us, allow us to take a breath too because enough of the books and the interviews and the uh, the docuseries and then – this and that we need a little breather as well okay and sort it out guys privately harry should jump on a plane not a private jet because i have another issue with that i mean Don't yes i mean listen about, this is another say. thing you know researching just kind of their lifestyle and things they've been doing i mean listen when you say you know we left the uk with nothing and if you watch the harry and megan documentary and see the lavish lifestyle that they do lead they can come off slightly privileged right and that's kind of opposite of the way that they are were were presenting themselves uh, to the oprah interview um in the documentary that they wanted to be perceived as and this kind of left questions in my head i'm like you guys are coming you guys are doing this wrong (laughs) why are you doing this like this you look privileged and then you're talking about the environment and the importance of the environment, which I'm a huge fan of. And I'm a huge fan that they're using their platform to talk about those things because that's that's incredibly important. But don't do it and then take a private jet. I know you're you're scared yeah. for your safety and stuff like that. There's got to be a different way. You know, it's it's, it's got to be a different way. If you they want aren't, to. Pre- yeah, you've got to be a role model, but you've got to you know follow what you preach. You can't just preach. And then not follow what you do. That don't tell us not to, to, you know, to 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 be mindful of the environment. And I'm not talking about Harry, right? I'm talking about all these celebrities that come out, um, Leonardo DiCaprio, whoever it may be, and they just jet off with their private jets. Yes, I mean, listen, Harry and Meghan are not the the only ones uh, guilty of no. this, right? No. We know that. No, <laughs> we, we, know, we that. know that they're not. <laughs> 
Um, yes, a hundred million. Now I believe the payout didn't come until they were they were done with that. Um, and she's just completing her Spotify contract as well. No, they're good for a minute. They're gonna be no, but can I say blind. that a hundred a hundred million does not go in their pocket, by the way. A hundred million was the budget, the production budget. So mm-hmm. that includes their pay as well, but it's not that they pocketed a hundred million um for themselves. This was their budget. That's how Do you know much what I liked? I don't think there was a heavy, heavy budget for that documentary, I have to say, because I do you know I, why? If, you don't know why? Do, can no. I tell you why? Okay. No, I would love so, to know. So they apparently they started, they had a female director who's a really I, sorry, I don't remember their names now. So there was a female director. She's also mixed race, if I'm not mistaken. And she does a lot of documentaries, you know, um on um about culture and race and whatnot. So she was a perfect fit for them. But she lasted two months because apparently Harry and Meghan were being, and this is all uh, apparently, it's all in the internet anyways, if you want a fact check. Um, she, she was insisting that she wanted more um, shots of them or more scenes of them at their home chilling, doing what, you know, whatever they're doing at home at Montecito and they didn't want to film inside. So they had a falling out. So she left. And then in the meantime, until they could find different crew, different director and different um, crew, they were filming everything on their iPhones. That's why it looks low budget. And that's why they've it used doesn't, no, but stock I, images I, I, and stuff. It's funny. I actually appreciated that part of it, the simplicity, because I think if you're trying to tell a story and we're overproducing a documentary or we're, we're overproducing a storyline or, or right. the perception you're trying to portray, it, it doesn't come off well. So with the, the iPhones and kind of the, it makes it a little more behind the scenes, you know, like especially seeing some of their, their footage at home, um, Abu Berry, thank you so much for the super chat. We appreciate it. I'm going to read your comment. Um, he didn't need to paint her as a villain. I'm assuming we're talking about Camilla. She was the mistress in the royal marriage. For years, the public hated her. He's never expressed how he felt before. Now, this mistress gets to be queen now. From what I take, I don't think Harry or William wanted uh, Charles to be with Camilla. I don't think really anyone really did. Just Charles and Camilla wanted to be together, right? And I guess that's the most important thing for for love, but... That's their love <sighs> story, though, at the end of the day. You know, that's the woman he fell in love with. And yes, yeah, she was hated for years and years, Camilla. She um, had to do her own rehabilitation of oh, yeah. her image of oh, yeah. who she was. It took a long time. I don't think she was ever supposed to uh, get uh, the title of queen consort. I think that was a last minute yeah, decision, if I'm not was, mistaken. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's no, really she didn't, she didn't take the title though. Um, she sticks, she, she wants to keep the Duchess of Wales title, uh, Duchess of not Wales. That's Kate now. Oh, I'm confused with the titles. Kate and William she kept Prince the uh, Duchess of, of uh, Cornwall. Cornwall. So Cornwall, she, she, yes. Yeah, she kept her title, her Duchess title, because she doesn't want to take the Queen consort or the Queen, like the the Prince, like Queen title. Yeah. Different opinion here. Um, Harry should be telling this stuff to his psych doctor. He wants money, revenge, and attention. And here's the thing. I think what I'm getting from what Harry was saying in the interview of the 60 minutes interview is that he really, really craves his family's attention. He said that the tabloids are always spread out in the morning for breakfast. You they're spread out across the table. This is what they read. Even if they don't believe it, you think about it and that's how they understand and communicate with each other. So I feel just from my own opinion, that is this Harry's way of getting and garnering more attention from them to have a conversation is he Probably. just throwing more fuel on the fire? What the hell is going on? We will Probably. never know. But we've got mobile phones now. Just pick up the phone. Either side, either side. Talk it out privately. Don't, you know, don't air your dirty laundry. That, that Because he did air some dirty laundry, Harry. Yes. Um, I mean, he talked about how he lost his virginity, his frostbitten penis. He talked about... <laughs> 
that poor frostbitten penis. What is going to happen? <laughs> what is going to happen? That. I can't with that. Guys, I'm ending this poll that I started at the beginning. It's the same question I've been asking. Is Harry a reliable narrator? It's 51% said yes. 49, oh, sorry, 48% at this point. We're going on so 106 close. votes. Says not at all. And this, like, as I said at the beginning, this is polarizing. This is, yeah. a, com- a, people have opposite opinions on this. And I, and I completely understand everyone's entitled to their own opinion i dropped a call in link in case anybody does want to call in if you do call in we're going to keep it short sweet and respectful because we are recording for the podcast as well another thing i wanted to bring up is when we were talking about harry saying you know this the stuff about william i'm sorry it it like kind of makes me laugh (laughs) his alarming baldness more advanced than my own his Famous resemblance or resemblance to mummy, which was fading with time and age. Girl, I would never talk to you again. (laughs) Why are you putting that in a book? Really? Why are you putting that in a damn book? Um, Also, he said that he got into a physical altercation with Prince William um, over some stuff. And it got so much shouting that it became aggressive it became where william i I was expecting that he punched him in the face or you know like i was expecting more but he pushed him to the ground and i i hit the dog bowl with my back and i'm thinking okay this is a weird story um i think i have stronger wrestles with my dogs but i i whatever but in the harry and megan netflix documentary you can tell the disdain that Megan has for William, you know, when there's a text message or, oh, your brother. Now, I'm going to go on and play devil's advocate because, listen, if I'm a married woman and well, I'm a married man to a man. You're a married man. In case now. you guys didn't know we're gay. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but if, if Adam came home with something on his back, I would also ask, well, what the hell is that? And how did that happen? And you better be honest. You better be truthful, you know? So I understand just from that incident, if it is true, her disdain for William and how from certain things like that, from seeing from her perspective, things like that happen while she's around them, how she can maybe, you can tell she doesn't like them. Yeah, you can tell she doesn't like them. Absolutely. And that's from her own experiences. And that's why I said you can't really take anyone's experiences away. I'm really like playing the middle here, huh? (laughs) <laughs> I just I just have to say the hypocrisy has just driven me nuts. It's driven me so nuts for so long. And doing the research, I'm just trying to understand what is the end goal? What is the end game? We'll find out. We'll find out, honestly. Do you, how do you think we'll find out? Well, I well, actually, I do know what's going to happen because I did do a little reading on Sunday. Some people here, yes. some someone in the chat are here as well that follow me to my channel too. Um, so um and, and just for anybody listening on the podcast, so Natalie is Femtero on YouTube. She has a lovely channel, you should check it out at Femtero. And she does a lot of readings, especially about celebrities, reality. It's a lot of fun. But I'm really curious on what you're about to say because so um I don't see them living together. I, I can see the chat going on fire right now, but it's okay. I'm just <laughs> telling you what I saw, what I read, okay? Um, I don't see them living together, and I do see a divorce coming soon or a separate, like an official separation coming soon as well. I really, uh, I've been feeling it for months now. And to be honest, I did feel that maybe... I don't know, but uh, the book and the things that Harry says are not going to bode well for him if they do get divorced. Because that's, I think that will be sort of like Megan's, uh, you know, security. Because he talks about drugs. He talks about um, inhaling gas. The laughing gas when Megan was um, was in labor and he finished the whole canister and he was laughing like he he makes himself appear like he's got addiction issues. And I've done a reading and he does. But um, so I do think that they it's it's setting him up to for 
for failure, especially from as I've seen, as I've read, and I feel that it's it's. So in your readings, you're seeing that there it could be a possible separation, right? There mm-hmm. could be a possible, uh, that would be crazy. Okay, mm-hmm. just put that into perspective because then w- that would drive Harry to the end. Like I, I would believe that because now he would be in a much different situation and need to do some kind of new media tour. I, ah, guys, this media stuff is so unhealthy, guys. It's so unhealthy. I don't know. I, what can I say? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> It's a I'm mess. Gonna... I really hope, I hope Harry, listen, let me just say this. Sorry okay. about that, but because I do feel bad for him. Okay. I, people might think I'm a royalist. I'm not, I'm a royal watcher. You know, I'm just fascinated by the royal family because I think it's something that it's not, it's almost like surreal, right? That we still have the royal family and that there's all this pumping, pumping glory and everything else. But that's, the British people live for that. Because we're very traditionalists, you know, we 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 like traditions. So that's that's the issue. I'm not against. I again, my opinions come as someone who is a royal watcher and as someone who is intuitive. So I pick up stuff that maybe some of you can't, and I can see things that maybe you guys can't. But I have to be careful how I say things because yes, people might say I'm biased or prejudiced, and I may be. We all are in some. On su- in some respect, we all are prejudiced. Natalie, because- are you telling me you have unconscious bias? I do have unconscious bias. <laughs> just <kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to read some of the comments just that are going through here because it, you know, um, Sassy yeah, sure. Nerd Girl says, exactly, this should all be private, 100%. Yeah. I feel like from here on out, you know, you did the Oprah interview. We said, this is the final word. You don't want to do any more press. You don't want to be bothered anymore. The whole purpose of leaving was privacy. You wanted to be left alone, you know? So um, that's interesting. Um, they left them with no security, but protected Andrew, says Allie Jones. Interesting. I do think the royal family really does protect Andrew in a lot of ways. Um, Cookie Bell says, slightly privileged. They received $100 million from Netflix. They are highly privileged. Um, Allie Jones says they get death threats every day. Um, there were some good ones in here. Um, let me see. Some, but their own footage seems very planned. Also, like, you know, when you take videos on your iPhone or you take video, do you keep them forever? Like, yeah, no, because they- if like, because sometimes I, I go through and I delete things. I don't keep, you know, things that like, okay, you don't want to see this picture of my nachos or whatever the hell at the Mexican restaurant I just was at that looked really cool. And in the moment it was, I wanted to take a photo. It looks so cool. I go back and delete those. Right. But I guess what people kind of get from this is, you know, if you're recording this, are you knowing that you're putting this documentary together in the future? And as you had said, they had been planning to build their brand from the beginning. Very interesting. Um, Someone said, what would Diana feel today? I also find it interesting that, and I want to get your opinion on this before we wrap up, that William and and Harry had a lot of questions about Diana, uh, Mm -hmm. the crash, her death. What do you, what do you make of that? I don't believe, I don't, I personally don't believe the conspiracy theories. You don't believe the conspiracy theories. No. Because there have been a lot that, you know, it, she was actually, you know, killed off by the royal family or the driver was intoxicated or there was a 90 minute gap between getting Diana out of the tunnel into a hospital. Like there's all kinds of stuff and people believe everything, but you don't think there was any. Well, let me. Let me put it differently. Megan is quite hated by the royal family right now, right? Mm-hmm. She would have she would have had the same fate if that was true. If this is what they do to people that goes against their grain and against them. But that's not the reason why I intuitively I don't believe that I don't believe the conspiracy theories are that are that are out there. I can't speak now. But yeah. Um I'm not saying 
I don't feel there is some kind of foul play there, but it's but it's not what everyone thinks that it was the yeah. royal family behind it and they wanted her out. And there's a lot of conspiracy theories about what Diana knew. Um right, it goes right. it goes back to things that are darker. Okay. So I don't, and I do believe in that, uh, by the way, I do believe there is darkness everywhere, especially where there's money and power. There is also, you, you sell your soul somewhere to get there. But in this case, I, that's my own personal opinion. I don't, what Uh, do you think? What do you, I don't don't know. It's, it's that, it's that different thing. I, if I talk to friends or if I talk to family in the UK, it's very different than talking to friends and family here and what they think that could never be true. Oh, the Royal family was out to get her. Like it's, it's so different. It's so polarizing. It's so contrasting. It's so different. There's no middle ground. Um, uh, see tone lamb thinks that she will divorce him and take everything in his bank account. That would be the American story, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's true. Um, but I do think that he does have a lot of pain in her. And I really feel like it's almost a cry for help. You know, was, like Jason, that's exactly it. I'm worried for Harry. I am genuinely worried about Harry. Cause I do feel that if they do like, if it all tum- crumbles down, I I'm, I'm worried about him. About Harry, I I think he's very vulnerable right now. He does. Megan is a very strong, powerful woman, and I feel that this gives him a sense of security and confidence, and it keeps him going. But I don't know what he's going to be like when he doesn't have that. And I'm genuinely worried. That's why maybe he should reconsider. Maybe he should change therapists. I don't know. I'm just joking. I'm I'm just making a stupid (laughs) joke, but. but, I mean, this because, is something because he keeps talking about his therapist. Yeah. Yes. And it was just interesting how it was only months ago that he just started talking to someone. And and it's it's not you just didn't lose your mom. You've lost your family. You've lost your identity. You know, you're not even living in the country that you grew up or was born in. You know, that's something to deal with. Um, some people love that. Some people don't. <laughs> you know, if if you shipped me off to London or Paris or somewhere in Italy tomorrow, I'd be fine never coming back. But you know, like it's your identity. You're, you're the royal family. You're part of the face of the United Kingdom. You've, you're losing that identity. You're moving to California. You're living, you know, your next door neighbors are Ellen and Oprah. I mean, you've lost a lot. You've lost the communication with your family, you know, and. I and just... question in his book, he keeps mentioning, he said that after William pushed him and he fell on the dog bowl, that he. They went together. They had a, a joint session with the, with his therapist. So, and we know that Harry has been um, doing counseling and therapy for years. Now, my okay. question is, again, let's go back to the Oprah interview. Megan said that when she was suicidal, she was pregnant and suicidal, that she had no one to talk to, and she had she didn't have access to a therapist, and she went to the head of HR. That doesn't oh, make I sense. Do remember this, right? Because. Again, if you go back to Harry's book, he mentions his therapist several times. So again, something that doesn't make doesn't make sense. And here we are wrapping up a live with, and I'm going to have to say, we're at the same place as where we started. Don't you feel? Is Harry a reliable narrator? I'm sure you say no. <laughs> but I'm questioning a lot of what has been said, especially after the 60 Minutes interview, especially after going back and just looking at smaller things in the Oprah interview or really taking a good look at the Harry and Meghan documentary, which again, I loved. I did love when they used their phones and stuff. I love the simplicity of it. They need to do that. Like that's, we should, they should be on a reality show. It's on Bravo. Like a, no, that's exactly what I was going to say. Not on I'm fucking doing, Bravo. Not on not Bravo. Not on fucking Bravo. Then all the skeletons will come out. The producers will find no. them. Oh. <laughs> um, guys, if you're watching the replay, go ahead and leave a comment below. Let us know what you think. Thank you for being respectful during this chat because everyone has different opinions. And given that we're all given different information from different media sources all the time, depending on where you live, it's really hard to make a strong conclusion about how you feel sometimes. I mean, this is where I'm stuck. This is where I'm stuck. So Natalie, I really appreciate you joining us today. I appreciate the conversation. I know the chat does. I appreciate everyone in the chat um, for 
for chatting. And next time we got to get you some, some of you to call in. Natalie, where can we find you on YouTube? So you can find me on YouTube as Femtaro. I've also, if you want to book a private reading with me, you can go to my website, which is www.femtaro.com. And you can find me on Instagram and on TikTok as Femtaro. It's pretty easy. Femtaro everywhere. I love it. And thank you again for being here. Um, thank you. I many friends that. had readings with you. And do you remember you were doing a reading on one of my friends? I remember. Yes. Everything you said, I was like, oh, <laughs> how do you know that about her? <laughs> and thank you, everyone in the chat. We see a lot of thank yous. And thank you guys for joining us on Hot Messy Podcast. Don't forget that we are also on YouTube. So you can come over here to YouTube, push subscribe so you don't miss anything we have coming up. We have a lot of lives. We have a lot of things coming out. And if you're watching on YouTube and you prefer to listen, all of our lives are now going to be on YouTube as well as our other episodes and interviews. So head over to our podcast and we are available wherever you get your shows, Apple, Spotify, everything like that. All right, guys, we will see you next time. Thank you for the discussion and thank you, Natalie. Thank you, guys. Bye, everyone. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.